to episode 20 of Medicine for the Dead. It's a pretty good one, right? I, don't, I can't judge it anymore. It felt high on energy. You know what? If you do something enough, nobody cares. I'm trying to get a higher note every time, though. Like a higher fundamental. I don't think... I think it's the same. <laughs> that's higher. I think I, it's I, the same note. I still find it obnoxious and annoying. It's going to... But that's the point of the thing, right? It's just hilarious. For me, I don't really care what you think. I, I, I should have said you. That's fair. Not it. Oh! Yeah. oh <laughs> son of a bitch. He used the right word. Knives fine. out. Motherfucker. Right the fucking jabs. I'm BJ. I'm Matt. Dr. Cat here. I'm mean Christian today. <laughs> and I'm Josh. And today we have a hilariously fun episode that there's so many things to talk about. I don't even really know. I'm just here me shuffling paper. That's how many things there are to talk about. He only has three things. Yeah, there's three. three. And there's one word on each page. <laughs> <laughs> if you just wrote smaller, that's one page. Yeah, damn, it's got Lots of paper with I told you that no writing on it. That might be some post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair. And we have some special guests today, and I don't know either of your last... Enzo, I can't pronounce yours, and Avik, I have no idea what it is. So you get to be just Avik and Enzo. That works. That works. <laughs> hey, don't... don't uh, like shake share, just one name. Yeah. Don't, I'll take it. Don't shake your head on radio. That's, that's, that's bad. Don't do that. Oh. We're on radio. <laughs> we can't not radio. shake our In heads. this day and age, that's still exists. Uh, yeah. Here yeah. we go. So... Okay. I guess I could give like some backstory on you two, but I don't really need to. What's the, the the point of this? The beginning of this conversation is we. I partook in a project recently that Josh kind of dragged me into, but it turned out to be really fun. It was like, hey, can you do this thing like right now? And I was like, ah, yeah. Can you like get everyone in Maryland to play on? Yeah, I got, sure. We just kind of went for it and got the thing done. And it was this rad project that we'll by talk everyone, about. Everyone, you mean you? You got yeah. yourself. There was a fucking million me's. <laughs> It's fun, though. And uh, so this thing came from this super rad YouTube channel. YouTube channel. I've never really, like, addressed a channel on YouTube before. It feels awkward to say YouTube channel, but it is a YouTube channel, right? It is Un- a YouTube unrelated channel. Unrelated to QAnon. Unrelated to QAnon. <laughs> it's not the only yet. thing on YouTube, man. It's like, there's other stuff. Not uh, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so... Why don't we talk about crossover TV for a while? Because that's going to kind of set the stage for the rest of this. Did you get that stage pun that just happened? I did. Okay, cool. As long as you got it. Um, Give it a four. four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Avik, you started this fucking cool thing. And I've, like, in the, the brief time I've had to, I've, I've, I've heard about it from Josh forever. And the past couple of days, I've really gotten to dive into it. And now that I've partaken in part of the project, too, it's like I got to see what the finished product was after sending you tracks and videos and things and this like magical thing came back so why don't you kind of go over the crossover tv thing and kind of give us the overview of like how that started what it is what you're doing what the goals are yeah sure i mean the way the way it started hi everyone by the way it's Savic. um the way it started was um yeah i was kind of looking for a, a creative outlet. i was i started at a time when I was, um, I just moved to the US. I was sort of investigating what to do with myself in terms of didn't really know anyone here. Um, and, you know, sort of being a sort of video person kind of embarked on this mission of trying to find people who might be up for doing some creative stuff, which um, being in Washington DC was actually a lot easier than uh, than I'd imagined compared right. to other places that I'd live. Um, I met a band called the Virginia Southpaws at the time. Um, asked them if they'd be interested in having a music video shot for them. Uh, met a guy called Rich who works there, who's the lead guitarist there. Uh, we built a friendship 
he's super great at audio as well as being an amazing musician. And uh, we just basically start with this idea of, hey, we've got this idea of recording bands in a room. Um, you pick up the audio, I'll do the video, we'll mix it all together and, and we'll see what comes out. And let's, why don't we try something where we take different bands, two different bands and bring them together and cross them over, which is where this idea of the, of the crossover came from. Uh, and uh, we started doing that and it was going really great. We were having a lot of fun doing it. This is how we met Josh and Enzo. Uh, they were one of the first bands, Black Dog Prowl was one of the first bands that, that came onto our channel. Boo! Uh, <laughs> and, um, you, you know, we we're having a lot of fun. We we're starting to build up an audience and everything. And then the pandemic hit and we were just like, well, okay, well, our, so, so the whole premise of our show was built around filming bands live and we were like okay okay let's see what we what we can do how can we carry on this is a shame to lose the momentum of what we've been doing um and we kind of stumbled upon this idea which you know a lot of other people have been doing as well these this idea of the lockdown session so people record their audio and video from home they send it to us and uh, we mix it together and turn it into into a music video now one of the great things about it is um you know previously we used to have tr trouble sort of combining different styles of music and, and and finding people from different bands to to play with each other and with this format given that everyone was locked down at home we were able to find different musicians um, with different styles bring them together bring them together and come up with a i guess a, a fusion that we could never have done pre-pandemic or it would have been very difficult to do pre-pandemic so for sure yeah. you know long answer to a short question but that's that's pretty <laughs> much what what the crossover is about and where we're at today that's awesome, man. Like the whole concept too is just rad. I mean, that you guys, you were sort of on that before the pandemic is interesting. Like everyone sort of defaulted to that because there was no other way to play music at all. Like gigs are gone. Like you can't be in person anymore. So it's just fucking, it's just cool that you were already like ahead of the curve and getting that thing done. And Thanks, man. Yeah. So, I mean, we were like, we were thinking, I mean, it was, it was more sort of the, the technical side sort of K, you know, we, we sort of kicked in you know post pandemic but the idea of bringing people together was certainly something that you know uh, we were we were doing on uh, doing before the pandemic hit and, and it's certainly part of the philosophy of what we do it's, the the whole idea is that the idea of um, you know collective creativity and and i think uh, working towards a towards a a product at the end that everyone can feel proud of and uh shakira <laughs> oh man <laughs> I heard okay, about that today. Right. So we love to oh, get that okay. out of the that, way. You're throwing that in there. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I had a chance to work with uh, Shakira's foundation. I lived in Colombia before I moved to Colombia, the country, not Colombia, Maryland. So it was, uh, yeah, I, I had a chance. To, <laughs> <laughs> I had a chance to um, work with her foundation when I was living in Bogota, and uh, yeah, got to do got to do a video with Shakira. A lot of fun. Um, and basically work with her foundation, which is doing things for early early childhood education in in Colombia. Oh, that's rad. So that was that was with her or just through her foundation? It was it was through her foundation. We got to um, script her. We got to write the message um, for her. She wrote, it was filmed in Barcelona, so I, I didn't get to to film her in person, but uh, managed to speak with her legal team a good lot. <laughs> so, 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 that's the, so, the literal LA thing of like have your people call my people, and you're yeah, just like, yeah, well, yeah, fuck. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I am my people. I was so, just going to say like, that. Yeah, you're your people. For so sure. I just had to get tangled up in doing legal contracts in Spanish, which was which was a lot of fun. So, or not. <laughs> yeah, man. So now that we got the, the rock star stuff out of the way, like what? So, what was the first like inspiration to start the lockdown sessions? What was the first one you guys did? Uh, the first one we did, it was it was actually um, 
the first one we did was Use Me. Um, so the Bill Withers song. So as Bill Withers passed, we, yeah, we've been speaking with a lot of a lot of bands, and we were saying, okay, right, who can we reach out to? Who can we do this thing with? We we basically put a call out on Instagram, say, hey, listen, we've got this idea, we want to do this. If you're, you know, if you're able to record audio from home and you've got a, a good enough phone to record video, we've got this idea. Contact us, and we'll and we'll make it happen. Um, and we got contacted by you know quite a few people. We've been working with a band in dc a dc band called most savage gentlemen um and i, I spoke with and andrew and joey i don't know if you know those guys they're they're awesome by the way if you if you haven't um if you haven't well i mean the name's them. awesome so i want to hear them just because of that yeah, <laughs> yeah awesome, awesome band awesome name and really really cool guys um and they helped us out so you know andrew said hey listen you know why don't we do use me i was like okay cool and we ended up getting um, a saxophone player who, who contacted us through Instagram called Lil Maceo. And it turned out that Lil Maceo actually played sax for Prince and for Lady Gaga and all sorts of cool people. And we were just, oh, my goodness, we've got this guy on this project. And, uh, yeah, and it just came together. He does this amazing sax solo on it. And, you know, most savage gentlemen do their thing. We brought in some guys from uh, another band called Lil Whiskey Kids who are also coming onto the, the crossover with a, with another video after after this project we're going to talk about today. Cool. But, yeah, we just had this great collaboration. And, in fact, we ran two streams at the same time. So we did this cover first um, of Use Me, which, which I'm really proud of. Uh, and then the second one was a stream where we thought, okay, well, that's a cover. What, what happens if we tried to do an original song? What would happen if we tried to bring artists together who've never met each other um, and see if they could come up with an original song and we do the, do the video and, and sort of like show the process happening, happening on our YouTube channel. Um, so, so we had uh, Bell with a Bayou, who's a, who's a violinist, a looping violinist from DC. Um, uh, John Tyler Wiley, who's a phenomenal guitarist from Virginia. And uh, we had uh, Rob Lee from, from Sweet Pickles, which is, a, 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 I guess, a rock band from, from Washington, DC. So they came together, they wrote this song. It was really cool. It's based around violin loops and everything. And um, so we had these two things come out at the same time. So we had these two ideas of, you know, one doing a cover and one doing, um, writing, a, writing an original song. That's awesome. Um, oh, there's, that made me think of a bunch of things. The first thing though, <laughs> as a video guy, like af after we did this one and like the results came back, like I, I used to do, my old bands were, were like super DIY, right? So we did all our own videos and like to get a camera that could pull off any level of professional-ish music video was like a pain in the ass. Like you had to borrow, like rent, rent one, rent lenses, do all the things. And for this one, I put my fucking phone on a tripod and pointed it at myself <laughs> and hit record and it looks awesome. <laughs> like how is yeah, like, man. how's the technology working for you? Like, is it, is it weird to be so submerged in this market like that? No, I mean, you know, I, I basically moved into videography from a different career. I did something completely different. I worked in finance for many years and basically quit my job to do video. And, and part of the reason I, I kind of entered into that market and why it was easy for me to do so was what I call the de democratization of video. Um, you know, it's become so easy for people through smartphones and through whatever else to be able to, to record themselves at a pretty high quality. So the video, you know, so the barriers to entry into that market were pretty low. I managed to come in, you know, and you realize that that things change. And it's not so much, you know, what you're filming with or what you're recording audio with. It's, you know, what is it? What's the the reason for doing? What's the story behind what, you, what you're doing? And I think that for me, you know, you learn it over the years is, is that that became the most important thing for me as a, as a video person is that the technology changes, technology becomes more advanced. But the thing that stays magical, the, the barrier to entry is, is I guess, the... Uh, 
the ability to tell a story. Well, it's, it's the person, too. Like, I always think, like, if you gave Steven Spielberg, like, a VHS camera from 80, like, like the 80s, he'd still make a cool movie. He would just use that as a tool to make the thing. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter what you're using. It's the person using it that's going to dictate how it turns out, you know? Right. Yeah, and, and Steven Spielberg is a great example because, yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's how, what shots does he take? How does he, you know, where does he focus? What emotions is he capturing when he's, when he's taking a shot? And I, and I, and I think that, that that's exactly it. You can tell stories in lots of different ways and, and visual storytelling is, is something that, you know, I, I think is a, a beautiful subject and I, I immerse myself in it completely and try, and try and bring that into what we're doing with the crossover as well. Right on, right on. So, Enzo, I see you looking over there, looking all pretty. With your tight jeans and your shirt on all weird and fucking and your <laughs> headphones looking all white. <laughs> uh, so let, let's start talking just, about this uh, this, this just, primary just project. Just clean, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were the one that started this project that I worked on. So why don't you give some background on how this whole thing came to be? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it, it started before the idea kind of came across before the pandemic. And it, it just came down to revisiting the album, listening to it. <laughs> and I was like, by the way, cool. we, we, we haven't told them what album it is yet. <laughs> yeah, I was no, ask. Can we, can we, can we, I, I think we can. I think this comes out it, after the launch date. Yeah. So I think you're good. And so, yeah, right, should okay, we just allude to it now. and just Secu never actually call by name? You've got security clearance. <laughs> got, yes. You got to be careful, man. And uh, it, no, it, it, I was just like revisiting the. Um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album, and and then I, I just like had this like dumb idea. Like, what if I think it would be cool to play it live somehow? Where I, I remember calling Josh a while ago, and it's like, dude, what if we are the, the, the kind of like the core band, and then have guests and build up, you know, from from the ground up, so we can do it at a, in a live setting. Mm -hmm. Josh was like, well, it's pretty ambitious. I think it can be done. It would just, you know, take a lot, you know, corral a lot of, you know, musicians and so, so on and so forth. Anyhow, the best to go to, I, I just lost track of, of, of that. And then, and of course, the, the classic question was like, well, eh, it's not going to happen, you know, so it's a good, you know, so it's kind of like a good, you know, Chilean, you know, low, long, you know, hanging fruit thinking. I was like, you know, tone it down a bit. Wait, remember? did you just say, did you, did you just racism yourself? Did you say Chilean yes. low um, hanging fruit thinking? So, yeah, I, uh, I discarded myself. Anyhow, so, and then, again, this is like, in about, what, about a year after or so, pandemic hit, and Josh, I, I, I saw Josh working with Avic uh, on the lockdown sessions, and he not, only, he not only did one video, he did two, and I was like, so how do you guys do it? I said, well, just, you know, from home, you know, home recording, put your phone there, tape, send it back. They put it together, wrap it up, and they put it out. And I was just like, dude, again, out of the blue, I was just like, dude, what if we pitch this idea? What if we do it now, but in lockdown session mode, considering that everyone is just like doing, you know, this remote work. And we just you know let's do a pitch to avic since you've been working with them and, and see what's up now we were expecting avic to say a big no uh like no have no interest you guys are crazy or don't have the time forget it so josh uh put you know it's a good book the the conference call with avic and we did the pitch 
uh, with you know with the, with the caveats we 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 told them flat out right up front let us do the legwork to put the the bands together let us do the outreach the logistics let us be the bad people as well we need to be the bad you know like the bad cop and corralling people like somebody's got to we'll, do that we'll job do yeah <laughs> someone's got to do it so let let us deal with the headaches um, because it's you guys basically me. supporting supporting us with the know-how on how to wrap this up, it's a lot of work already. Um, and then Avic said, "When do you want it by?" <laughs> and the original idea was like, "Well, how about Halloween? This is this is late July." So we're like, "Well, how about Halloween?" So it has a bit of a theme thing, and and that was when we got the first no. It was like, "No," but then he followed <laughs> up with. But if you are not if you are not married to that particular date, we can absolutely do it, say early next year. And I'll just say, you know what? Why the hell not? Let's let's do it. So I've said like, all right, I'm I'm in. You know, keep me updated and the details on how the how how things go, and we'll take it from there. And I'm like, all right, man, thanks, thanks so much. End of the phone call. I immediately call back Josh, and I was like. Oh, we're so fucked now. (laughs) (laughs) Now we got to follow through with this. Fantastic. So, but Josh and I like started working on it and thinking of of bands and the roster and who would be great, you know, for particular songs. And, and here we are. Then after they all said no, then we moved on to our next. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, we've only got A-listers. Only A-listers on this video. I'm totally kidding. Everybody, everybody was like, I mean, there were a couple we, we got a couple no's, but like those were more long shot type things. But every everyone else we wanted, yeah, pretty much. Who said no? We're barely, barely any. Like any? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna go into that. But we'll um, I know. Uh, but no, seriously. Like, a Foo Fighters said no. It was really embarrassing. You know, no, I've, 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 you, oh, you were trying to get them. You should have just asked me. I would have called Dave. <laughs> There was a while ago I was Next trying to, I was trying to raise money for something with a, a friend of mine knew Dave Grohl back in the day and she had cancer and I was like, Well why not try to hit up Dave Grohl? And do you know how hard it is to reach him? <laughs> it's like it's really hard to get a hold of Dave Grohl. Like I couldn't get his phone number or text or his managers or That's really surprising. Nobody responded to anything. <laughs> it was the weirdest I, thing ever. I'm <laughs> fucking shocked. <laughs> It's weird because he's been trying to get a hold of you this whole time. Too. I yeah. know, and like my email is like it's my name, Dave. If you're listening, it's, it's mostly to tell you to well, stop well, copying his that drumming. Video. He, after he sees you on this video coming up, DJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely going to want to work with you on this. One. It'll change everything. Yeah. My phone number is three zero one eight six seven five three zero nine, and you know the sooner the better, big guy. Those big fucking <laughs> yeah. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you dress up as a ten year old kid playing the co- a drum cover and. Then you'll get contacted. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a song written about me too. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That, that'll that'll take you there. Not now, that I, you know, <laughs> I think that was awesome, know? but I've never wanted to punch a kid so bad. <laughs> like, give me your opportunity, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> BJ, you're a father. This I'm is kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would never punch that child. Oh, come on. As musicians, we all equally hate child prodigies. I think that we can agree on that, right? Like that's that's across the board. Everybody hates child prodigies. She's like a special child prodigy. She's like a punk rock prodigy. Uh, nope, still hate her. Uh, I know. I, I, there, there is this kid here in the D.C. area. His name is uh, Jose Andres, I believe. And he's a, a blind. No, he's a blind jazz play, piano player. He is absolutely fantastic. Anyhow, so. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I, got a, I, I have another local prodigy story. So 
I, I used to be in a bands back when I was like 16, 17, somewhere there, playing around uh, like Rockville and stuff. You're not a child prodigy, BJ. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's definitely not me. Believe me, this person isn't <laughs> a legit prodigy. So, Hang on. You, you were in a Michael Jackson performance. So I, you, you I was. Get out. Dude, I go to see that. You have a lot. You have a lot of street cred. That my, is true. As we've talked about many times, and I will gladly talk about it again. Uh, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> my backup singer credits are top notch. I got Michael Jackson and fucking Roger Waters. Roger Waters. Yeah. What does backup singer for Michael Jackson mean without when you're at a younger age? I'm just <laughs> it, it means, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's a specific. I'm backing up. It mean, I'm backing I've heard up. a lot I'm of things. Up. Also, I'm, BJ, a lot of things. BJ has mentioned this particular credential repeatedly. I think he's waiting to tell us. Oh like, yeah, no, he's I'm, working his way to the truth. Oh, that's just how special he was to Michael. That's to, right. To the to the naughty place when he touched me in my. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, oh yeah. Oh, so if you watch Clinton's inaugural gala, right from 1992, or whatever year that was. Yeah. If you if you watch closely, you'll see a young man about ten years old, little chubby and a lederhosen. He's kind of falling up the stairs. That was me. I was one of Michael Jackson's Heal the World kids. I think you need to dra- you pull that out in uh, Instagram. That, that better get posted. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. No, post that. Post that. I think, Christian I think our audience wants to see yeah, that. I think you're probably right. So anyway, back well, to the... While they're on YouTube, they can look at this. Uh, that's right. Yeah, there you they go. can watch this whole thing, too. <laughs> they can subscribe. <laughs> they can subscribe to a great music channel. Yeah. Music channel, yeah. All right. So this is, this is a funny story, because if you're a music nerd, you know who this guitar player is. So there, I used to always play with this band. There was this band, Atmosphere. And uh, we beat them at a battle of bands one time. And this is important to me because of the level of musicianship this person achieved. I'd like, I'd like to point out to our listening audience, I've already heard this story, just so I can establish my disdain. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to turn Matt down in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but there was this fucking guitar player who was always incredible. And he like, like he came to my house a couple times and he would just like shred and everyone was just like, Jesus Christ, dude. And it was Tosin Abasi of fucking uh, Animals as Leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now yeah. he's like, Ridiculous! I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like there's not enough nerds in in the the in our sphere you right now be like, yeah. to be impressed with what you D- just different said. kinds of nerds. Yeah, well, that's right. That's, that's people that think in algebra like like that band. <laughs> anyway, I was anyway, be an island style story, and then I was really going to be impressed. But oh yeah, oh, no, walk he's, that back. He's my bitch. He's he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> so. Back to Sergeant Peppers. So, Avic, what was your take on like when Enzo came to you with that? Like, what were you? I mean, obviously there was a little reluctance. I was there too. Josh, yeah, shut the Josh fuck up. <laughs> he was also part of the call. <laughs> but you have a better accent than he does. Come on. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends. We're gonna send this to England now. This. this You're naturally video. riveting. That's awesome. Just keep going. <laughs> I love it. Oh, this is why. This is why I'm here. Here all night. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no. I mean, I mean, the guys came to me with this this thing, and uh, I mean, the first thing was. It was like, oh man, that, that's a lot of work for one. I mean, it's like it really. I mean, it's a it's a lot of work to put these things together. I mean, we've come down with a a process to to do these things relatively efficiently now. But I called Rich and I called Chris. Chris, um, Chris is Chris Whitmore, who um, who also is one of the uh, the founding guys of the, of the project. He works on the video side. I said, look, the, you know, Black Talk Prowl have come to us with this project. I, I mean. It, it's a lot of work, but it sounds pretty cool. Uh, and and what was really interesting was that you know the guys wanted to do it as a single video, so of, of the entire album. And I was just like, wow, that's that's something different. That's a really long video in in a in a world where attention span is very short. Um, the fact that they wanted to do a forty five minute video, I was just like, man, that's it's like watching a TED talk or something, right? Or watching two <laughs> TED talks even, or three maybe, all st- all stitched together. And you go, okay, but 
there, there's something super interesting about that because we've not done that before and i think uh, you know it may be not done for a reason because of you know people don't, don't like it or whatever but for me it was it was a super interesting idea i grew up you know listening to my parents vinyl and and you know listening to cds myself and everything and, and yeah cds kind of allowed you to skip through and all that sort of thing. the whole idea of this replicating vinyl of listening from start to finish and not really being able to move forward and backwards very easily on exactly the right spot i thought was i thought i thought it had some charm to it and i really like that idea so um, I, I was happy to to do it. If and again, the guys you know offered to to take on what I considered to be the most difficult part of the whole process, which is is talking directly to the bands, getting everyone on board, and and getting everyone to deliver things. So, you know, for for me, it was um, it, it was really cool that they they came up with this idea, and and I and that's what I would like our our channel to be a place where people feel that they can come to us and go, hey, we've got this really cool creative idea let's do something wild let's try it what do you think and and i've had people come and say things to us with, with different ideas and i've said no to them because it didn't work in terms because there's always a what's in it for you right because i mean absolutely for yeah. this the the idea is you know we get to do something creative but it's on our channel and and we get to sort of you know sh share that content with our with our fan base so you know it was it was just a really interesting proposition and we, we were i'm really happy with the end products and and it's just been we will get into it in more details but i'm i'm so proud of this project that's awesome that's so fun too to like like the the one the only good thing of covid has been the creativity that's come from it like when you lock a bunch of creative people away and just they have nothing to do but like just start <laughs> like we all just start fidgeting and fucking like you know <laughs> i built a recording studio i wouldn't have had this otherwise like fucking it's just a it's kidding just a, me. i thought that i thought that was like a permanent fixture you just no, no man, I actually did another like lockdown thing with Island, who's in Candlebox. He he hit me up and was like, "Hey, do you want to do a Candlebox video?" And I was like, I, "Of course, I want to do a Candlebox video," and but we didn't have a place to record it, so we built the studio that weekend. The whole thing, like, got all the stuff together and then recorded it and shot a music video. Shot the music video part of it in the back, but it was literally oh, like that's amazing seventy two hours amazing. from like nothing to like complete project. It was crazy. But that's the, that's the whole thing about you know that I was saying uh, earlier about the kind of area and about the you know again just. For me, my experience in the US is people are like that. You know, you come up with an idea and people are going to do stuff like you just did. I was like, wow, that's cool. And that's what I love about being here is that you just meet tons of people. Like that. Or if you, you're in a certain circle, you meet tons of people who just say, okay, that's a cool idea. I'll just build a studio. And I'm just like, wow, awesome. Yeah. This, this, this like time period, like kind of trims the fat of that thing too. Like the people that are going to do the thing are going to do it. And the people who aren't are yeah. just going to stop. You know, it's like. The, the, I feel like the cream right. is really rising well, the, the top. The incentive has changed, right? Like there's way less monetary uh, incentive, so it has to be because you want to be creative. Yeah, it's, it's I, a, I, purely a creative entry. Right. Everything that I've done for the last fucking year is just so I don't go insane. It has nothing to do. <laughs> nobody's fucking paying me for anything anymore, so that doesn't matter. So I'm not going to you know, learn a top 40 tune. I'm going to transcribe some shit that I care about and, and, or, or, or write something or, or collaborate in some way. Oh, Avic, if you haven't seen these yet, you got to see Matt and his wife do these duos where she plays. So, so my wife is a, a, a classical player and she's a clarinetist and she's a big fan of bass clarinet. I thought it was a bassoon. It's no, okay. no. Why are you such a dick? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a bass player. So both of us on bass is like, it's kind of an odd do you know, duet combination. And so we just, we transcribe tunes that shouldn't be played on bass and bass clarinet and, and just make them, 
our own, you know. And that that part has been really fun because th- nobody was asking for that. That we didn't feel we didn't you know go out and somebody didn't reach out to us and be like we got this market that really needs to be met with bass clarinet and bass guitar right now, and we feel like you guys are the ones to get paid for this. Like none of that mattered, right? And so we just fucking made music, and it was it, it was the maybe one of the most rewarding things I've gotten the chance to do. Because we did it just for us. We did it exactly the way we wanted to. And we didn't give a fuck if anybody liked it. Mm-hmm. And then when people did, yeah. it's so much more rewarding, right? Like, s- similar to this idea that you get, that, that you had about, like, okay, let's do Sgt. Pepper's. Nobody asked you to do Sgt. Pepper's. You wanted to fucking do that. You wanted to re- recreate the nuances of that record. And that that's what, when it's exciting, right? When you start digging into that shit. Yeah, it it is exciting, especially when you <laughs> when you encounter all the challenges behind that. And, right, and, which is the best and, part and, of the it, thing, though. That's true. It's, the best part, it's exactly that. We, but the, the, the funny part is, like, even with the technology that we have nowadays, um, like, I mean, the, the, this band, the the Beatles, they they put out that album with the technology of their time, uh-huh. with a very very limited technology. So now it it, it it's like a not necessarily a direct line, you know, to us now, but. It's like we're in lockdown. We, you got to work remotely. We we had to figure things out um, as as we went. Like I, you know, I, I went ahead and, and got myself, a, you know, a new laptop and installed uh, uh, Logic Pro 10. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna figure crap out on this one because we needed it. Yeah. Seriously, like on like like the day off, we were recording things, and like we needed to fix a few things. I had to go into the Logic Pro with. It was a YouTube tutorial on how to fix a, a damn thing. It was just like, but, uh, you know, so many what? times. Like, it's so many times, but it's it's, a, it's exactly that. It's when when there is such a need, sometimes it you just you will figure it out. Well, that, and, that, and that is yeah, that parallel thing. that parallel is super valid though. Like, think about you know, okay, so the Beatles were dealing with four track or eight track at at, at best in in those times, and. You know, right. they're, they're dealing with, uh, you know, combining tracks and, and you have tape latency and all that stuff. You, you, you're dealing with similar elements of that, like somebody sending you a track. Who knows if they, you know, like the latency of the click they were following is going to match what you try to <laughs> add it to. And then you, you, you've got all these, you know, these these physical human elements that you're combating that we normally do when we're physically together. Right. You hear somebody play a certain way and you adjust to that, but you can't do any of that. It's already done. Like they can't change. They can't move to what you do so you have to move to right. them and and those um that restriction is going to create an entirely different kind of art which is exactly what multi-tracking in 1967 did it created right. an indifferent kind of art like that that, that parallel is yeah. amazing right it this was it the is. perfect situation to try to recreate that record i mean i'm like you're not going to get something that is hi-fi in the way that they were aiming for them but you're going to get something that is Honest and artistic and powerful because of the limitations. I, I, I think. Well, like the, the it did. If you oh, get the, the oh it, yeah, it absolutely did. When we, when like uh, to me, one of my biggest fears is like, how the hell we're we gonna do um, a day in the life, for instance. Right. Um, oh fuck yeah. Because dude. There, you know there are like multiple limitations. One is like I I, I don't know many. Uh, string players. Right. So you instance. don't have an orchestra. Yeah. First problem. So, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't I have don't an have it. I don't have. Yeah, exactly. We don't. Yeah, the London Philharmonic, a, right? <laughs> <laughs> didn't have a forty-one piece orchestra that can, you know, basically nail that down. Two, we when we recorded it because everyone is working remotely, and you know, with multiple uh, contributors to it, it's like the schedules lined up even less, I would say, than mm-hmm. getting them all together in one studio and just getting it done. 
So when we were recording it, of course, the drum set was the very first thing we recorded and everything was fully just like scratch vocals, scratch track. It was just awful with me kind of like talking. It was like me doing the Snoop Dogg version of the lyrics of that song. <laughs> I can't, we need to hear I that, Enzo. Yeah, I need to hear Can we Enzo get, yeah, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, no, we need the no. re-release on that. Yeah, I have it. I have it. <laughs> yes. So it, yeah, so it was That's like awesome. dealing with that, and then and then good we moaning, get to the good moaning, good <laughs> moaning. No, and, and seriously, and then we have and then we, get the, <laughs> we get to the crescendo part, and I'm like, okay, what do we do? It's like, oh, well, we just count it, just, and just like seriously, just like the Beatles did. Uh, did yeah. Just just count it, like for one. Two. And it was like 21, two, three, four, <laughs> so that that tune is such a fucking uh, uh, it, it has a total identity crisis, right? That's a great example. A day in the life is two different artists creating two different tunes that they fucking cram together specifically to get it on a record, right? And then you have to recreate that without being in a room with fucking anybody. That is amazing. Like like the, yeah, the it was beautiful, guys. That's it, I, so I tell cool. You, I tell you, it's like Rich did the audio mix for that on on, on that track, and I said, and I edited the video, and I was listening to it, and you're listening it through through the cans or whatever, and you're just like, you pick up all the details that the guys that you know Black Dog Prowl and Candlebox did on this, and you're just like, oh my goodness, I, I'm I'm totally in love with that song. I just think it's I think it came out so great, um, and I hope ever I hope everyone who hears it and sees it enjoys it because it was such a pleasure to put that together. And just to to listen to all those details, because obviously when you edit a video, you watch you watch things many times and you listen to things many times. Yeah. And there's so many subtleties and so many differences that I I mean, mm-hmm. Rich is a master mixer in my opinion, but I think he did a great job on on the audio on that as well. It's oh, it's, yeah. it's so funny like trying to build a, a production around that sort of a thing where there's so much nuance and so much detail, and unless you actually yeah. like run that gauntlet, you'll never understand how fucking hard it is. It's yeah. like like to re- replicate like that many sounds in that many ways over that. That's just fucking. It's that nice. that tune. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I know the whole recording wasn't just that one tune, but what a great fucking right. example of well, yeah. so many moving I mean, parts. Go no, go ahead, Josh. It, oh, exactly. Well, exactly. Like not not having a horn section. Right. So the, immediately you think of like minimum three songs. You're like, okay, what the hell? We're gonna really? get a, a horn section yeah, for this. Yeah. So, but well, it, one thing it, I was gonna say yeah. about like the the project in general, though, is like, yeah, Day in the Life was relatively close because you can't really fuck with a song like that. Like you can't. Do, you can't, you can't like, change that one. You're not going to vamp yeah, anywhere right. in that song. Don't do your version of that. Yeah. No, techno techno <laughs> right. version of it. Right, exactly. But like we we really made an effort to give the, the, the bands that we picked, we like selected for this as much freedom and, and space to kind of do what they want. We like, we didn't want to set out to just recreate the record because you can't fucking do that. You can't right. fuck with an album like that and expect yeah. like, Oh, we're just going to, we're going to re-record it. It'll be, it'll be good. It'll be, you know, it'll definitely be just as good as the first one. <laughs> so we, we, uh, you know, we tried to give everyone an opportunity to kind of take it in whatever direction. And, and you know, BJ and Eric Scott, perfect example in terms of just yeah. ran My with goodness, lovely Rita. I love that. How much I love that song. <laughs> Dude, Eric sang the fuck out of that. That, that was it so was fun. So good. I loved it for so many reasons. For so many reasons. <laughs> so we, we what, did a... what was one of those reasons, for, uh, Avic? Yeah. Oh, man. Tell I'm me a, more. A, <laughs> tell me more about none, what you love myself. None of those reasons were BJ. Let's <laughs> establish right now. Praise. Shower me with praise. No, I mean, uh, no, I, I loved it. I mean, I for one, I just love Eric Scott. The dude is just one of the greatest people I've ever met. Oh, just yeah. a super nice guy. You know, super professional amazing voice and just just love that guy just just great and i was so happy that he could be involved in this project and then you know 
just the song. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I call, I call myself a '90s kid. I, I grew up. My, my adolescent years were in, the, in the '90s. Those formative years where you decide what you, you know, the, the person you are musically. I guess in terms of what you like, in terms of your styles. For sure. And growing up in England at that time, man, Oasis was a huge influence for me. And uh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I didn't like it. I loved it. It was absolutely amazing. I loved the little uh, little nod to Oasis in there. I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, man, that was like working with Eric Scott is so fun because it's just like there's a monster in the room, right? So like the, all you can do is like try not to get in the monster's way. Like I'm just like I just don't want to fuck up. So Eric's mad at me. Like I was just dancing around. Like hey, but he's not that guy. No, either. I know, I know. I know. But that's the beautiful. Shut the fuck up. No, no. But that's that. There, there's, who's, there's, who's doubting Eric? There's yeah. values. Unless no, you no, call there's... him a certain name in a gas station. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We have. Yeah, that's right. But no, he's not that guy. That's the so so as uh, like my relationship with him is very different. I've never worked with him because we both cover the same part, right? So I have worked in, in replace of him or in substitution for him because he couldn't be there. And there's this interesting that, – that puts you in this position of understanding what people expect from him and how they feel about him and all those things, right? And there's a lot of reverence for who he is, and, and, and that's amazing. He doesn't treat himself that way. He gonna, doesn't come off. Like I was going to get to all that stuff in the story you interrupted. Yeah, but, but you know you can keep but, going if you want. But I, <laughs> I feel like the way you were going to do it wasn't as good as the way I just did it because it was going to be full of a bunch of shit about you. Well, was and I want to do exactly <laughs> what it was going to happen. He was going to talk about Eric through compliments of himself. Well, like, is there another way to describe uh, anything? Uh, yeah, yeah lots, lots of ways. Lots of ways. Familiar with that te- technique? I use it. It's well, like, no. Anyway, about me. Yeah, but you're British. You that you can do that, man. That's all right. If I do a British accent, is it better for you? No. Way worse. Way worse. Is it better like this? Is it better like this? Okay. So I'm going to go back to the room with my ego now. Is that uh, cool? No, it's not. Can you fit in there with it? Are you sure? Oh, God damn! God damn! That was, that was Kat's first official haymaker. <laughs> BJ, I think you need to go home now. <laughs> I mean, at least you need to get that checked by like a I, medical I just got professional. slapped in a deep, fucking Luckily, evocative way. <laughs> Oh no! Continue, BJ. By all, right. all means, I was I was trying to tell the story of how the Oasis part ended up in the song, which was me describing Eric Scott and nothing to do with myself. But while did, we're here, did you put it in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck! I don't even remember. Sorry. That was Oasis. That was Oasis. Yeah. Oasis right. song. Right. Oasis game, song. Yeah. So that song was fun because, like, I'm not a very good guitar player, right? But like, I couldn't. We it happened. Oh shit! When I've actually, seen it. well, I can like I can play the guitar, but I'm not a good guitar player. So when it came time to do that song, I called my buddy Scott Ensign, who's the one who engineered that session, and played guitar on it later. And uh, I was like, I just need like I need moral support. So we we started to try to like. Scott and I have worked together forever with the Nikki Bar Band in the last year and all this other stuff we've done. But we have a very, like, uh, unique approach to recording where it's extremely fucking visceral to the point where I have to <laughs> warn people who are in the studio with us that, like, it's this, we're really mean to each other. And just, it's not, we're not, yet. Yeah, we're not mad. Mom and dad aren't fighting. Mom and dad love you. But, like, this is going to be an uncomfortable experience. It's like so, an S&M thing. Yeah, yeah. Really. So, like, Eric was sitting on the couch right there, and I was like, hey, Eric, so when Scott and I record, it's a little uncomfortable, and I just wanted to let you know, if you have anything to say, feel free to say it, but you have to, like, say it with cuss words, because if you ever heard Eric Scott say fuck, it's, like, the best thing in the world. <laughs> it's rare. It's rare. I'm saying fuck that I've, shit. I've got yeah, a story yeah. about that later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> 
so we we sort of like built the form of the tune and kind of figured out that it, it had no choice but to be like a 90s kind of a thing because I'm involved and that's just apparently what I do and put the drums down and I started playing guitar and I was just like clunking away at it and then finally we found like the way that the song was going to like work with the limited skills of my guitar playing and then it came together and then Eric was like singing in the corner and he just started singing the Oasis song over the outro and I was like well, that's obviously got to go in there. And then it just like, yeah. we were like doing, like we built like this, this, the, the, what didn't make the cut was this, this like section we built around that. We were thinking like harmonies and things around that and like fully diverting to Oasis and then coming back to the Beatles. But it ended oh, up man. being the one uh, that was uh, chicken shit. Oh I, yeah, I, it could have been you know fucking hilarious. I use, I use the phrase cuckoo ca in everything now. <laughs> when, when, when you send that video back and, Never mind. That word wasn't involved at all. But I saw it in writing for the first time, and I was like, "That's a really funny word to look at." Because I've never seen. Have you ever seen "cuckoo spelled out? <laughs> no. It looks hilarious. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's I how. That's how someday. I spelt it. It was phonetic. I went with. That. I went yeah. With Looks how it sounds. I appreciate that you just said the word spelt. <laughs> I feel so good about oh, that. Do you guys not use that? No, I use that, that all the fucking wheat? time. It's I, fucking spelt right. I'd be spelting it's stuff not fucking, it's regularly. It's not spelt right. It's not spelt like that. It's yeah. not spelt like that. That was another regional accent in yeah, case you missed was, it. I'm at number three now. <laughs> three regional accents. I'm going for ten. Right. You sounded like Paul there, so that was pretty good. Yeah, <sighs> that was solid. So the other fun thing about working with Eric Scott is like his bass playing is is ridiculous right it's just like this it sounds finished like there's no you don't have to mix it it's very fluid and he doesn't need compression yeah. he He's doesn't need anything controlled it, the sound that comes out of the bass is the sound that goes on the recording and you don't have to do anything to it so like it's really fun as a drummer to watch eric scott play along with me because i'm like at that point the drums are already down i've like got a, my best guess at how that i think this fucking thing's gonna go and he starts playing all those parts all those magical McCartney parts where they're just like moving around and being so happy and just they're just McCartney <laughs> parts is perfect. They're it's just the perfect so they're they're complex, but they're complex in like really interesting right. melodic ways and they're just amazing. And to have Eric Scott in front of you playing against your drum track and it's just like this is the fucking best day ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it's um, yeah, there is. I remember uh, so for instance, Seth he recorded in like plenty of. Uh, McCartney's lines and our, you know, base, our bass player and also plays with our curse words. And like, I remember he said, he's just like, I think it's like my very first time really, really digging into more um, McCartney lines. This guy plays everywhere. He's all over the freaking neck. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was, it was like, it, he's more of a, you know, meat and potatoes, you know, punk rocker type of guy. And that was his first impression uh, with, um, with the McCartney lines as well. Uh, it, especially on tunes, everybody was angry. Like we we did "Good Morning, Good Morning," and everybody was angry. It was like, "What's the count on this song?" <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, so the the it thing starts that, on one or the, nineteen. You don't not, know. I, yeah. yeah, I was the only one not struggling with. It. I was like, "What is wrong with you guys?" <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's amazing about <laughs> about what McCartney did, which which uh, whatever, it's not like we're scratching new material here. Like this has right. been said a million times, but the fact that he did that shit while he was fucking singing. Like oh, beautifully yeah. singing and and in complete connection, uh, harmonically and and rhythmically with the people he was singing with, while being in complete connection as a bass player with the people he's playing bass with in this very non-related way. In a lot of times, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah. And then think about the fact that he played half of the keys or half of the guitar on some of those recordings. And it's just mm -hmm. it's fucking it's mind blowing. Man. And the drums and, and well and, some and of the no drums. Music. 
Maybe yeah. the drums too. Yeah. No, and, and and on top of that, like zero musical training. It's all by yeah. Well, that's not true. Practical musical training, right? Zero. It's practical musical yeah, yeah, training, yeah. right? Yeah. But not not a classical. Mm-hmm. It's not like he knew mm-hmm. modes or anything like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like oh, from Lydian to Mixolydian. Yeah, yeah, he knew them. He just couldn't. No. He couldn't name them. His ear told him what. To do. <laughs> right. No, he didn't. Like, yeah. like listen myself. to those lines. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. I, I love his lines and and. and, and those guys, those guys, like they looked at. Uh, oh fuck, I can't remember. I was listening to an interview with the guy who played um, uh, in the horn section with the band on okay. uh, uh, their their live thing, the Last Stand or whatever. I'm fucking. I'm not drawing back proper things. But he talked about working directly with John Lennon and how he was really embarrassed talking to horn players because he didn't have the vocabulary, right? So that connection between those guys, they were they considered themselves rock players. They knew that that's where they came from. But they had yeah. these brilliant ideas that their ears were giving them. And and none of those guys coming from other other worlds, the jazz world, shut on on, on guys like the that were in the Beatles because of the validity of the ideas that they had. Like the musical, mm-hmm. the actual musical ideas that they had were incredibly deep, even if they couldn't add the vocabulary to it. And we've, right. we've kind of delved into that before when we've talked about it. When we talked with Jimmy about that, like we sort of argued that, or not argued, but all agreed that you don't have to have the words to, to achieve that, whatever. You look at I, me. Go I, I've got a hilarious example of that word. Okay, go the, ahead. The complete wrong way. So, Avic, you'll appreciate this as a director, right? I did a we did a music video for my old band the last year one time and we had Nikki got actual dancers and I was directing this thing and I had to try to convey to them what I wanted them to do like dance move wise and I was like I wanted them to do a pirouette right but I didn't know what the word was so I was like the fucking spinny thing with your hand and shit and like, <laughs> like, like the spinny thing just, whatever you can do to like convey the concept without having the vocabulary to do it but that was like because they were looking at me like you should just commit suicide right now. <laughs> Anyway, but like McCarty stuff is so cool too because you don't realize how complex it is until somebody plays it in front of you. Like it's fucking, it's or it's or insane until you pick or, it apart. I mean, any, yeah, yeah, it's exactly yeah. And, and and any, I think almost any Beatles song, no matter like it's on on the surface, they're sometimes easy to ignore because they've been there for so long. You know, it's it's like the salt and pepper, and I, I use kind of this analogy of like you know salt and pepper. It's always there, but. You don't really taste something until no, not you push begin it, to... Not push it, yeah. salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh... Just, I'm just checking. We're in America. It might be that. <laughs> okay. Is that a British band? I don't know. I've got no reference. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll use mayonnaise. But anyhow, you, you know, you don't, you don't taste it until you start cooking with salt and pepper. Like those kind of basic things. And, and they were there but, from the beginning, man. Like 63, yeah. they were there. Like, like think about a song like Please Please Me. They like, uh, whatever. I'm like, I feel so nerdy about this right now but the, uh, it, it's a rock tune in 1963 like like right. pre them breaking into the u.s scene but they they go to like a flat three chord in the middle of this like one four five thing and we're we're all like we're not ready for that none of our brains Boring. are ready for that. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. it's so rad it's so badass that they were already pushing that envelope while still you know yeah. singing hold my hand or whatever like they were they were com- they were conforming in a certain way but already their ears were like nope no we want to we want more and then you're talking about 1967 like they're fucking rock royalty at that point anything that McCartney oh, yeah. did was that was the word right it's it's just fucking brilliant that's yeah. a nice you're, nice you're right yeah. I'm, I'm real excited <laughs> about this conversation by the way another thing too man like the t- yeah, in the concept it was like how do we flip 
like, okay, you've done this, you know, you, if you're already thinking you have idea A for this tune, then basically... Wait, the, wait, 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 wait. Flip the, it on its head. No, the, the train's here. We have to just make it an awkward pause for the train. And now you can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that was for I, think, I, I think you derailed him. I would love to hear Captain uh, Christian jump yes. in on, on some of this. Yeah, like, sorry. We've been, we've been lights no, falling and getting I'm, all, I'm all excited. So sorry. sorry, guys. Because there's, there's no way you don't have any connection to the Beatles, right? Like, there's no way. There's no connection. Oh, my God. Please have no connection. Both of you make arguments <laughs> for it right now. I, 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 I was hoping you guys would explain who the Beatles are. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like a new band? or are they? It's the Beatles, actually. It's a steak band, you know? I do have a confession to make that I fucking hated the Beatles when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, Is that well, why you got beat up? Yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah. 300 Just pounds asking. in middle school. Like, so. I want to high five you so hard right now for so <laughs> many do. Everyone does, man. So, so, so there was this. You're a likable guy. I'm affable. <laughs> There was this time period in there when when we were all supposed to hate everything. I'm a Gen X kid, right? And so, like, in 1994, when I was like, I only listen to Soundgarden. Uh, like, I wasn't allowed to actually, like, literally anything else, right? And so the <laughs> – fuck the – Beatles, who are those guys? Fuck those guys. I had no idea what I was saying at the time, of course, right? That, that, that's why you were listening right. to Soundgarden? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, right. A, like, like a band that was experimenting constantly, melodically, like, like completely re related to it. I had no clue, yeah. you know? But there, it, that is an interesting thing I see now when people try to make that argument that the, 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 for a lack of validity for the Beatles, I always find that really humorous, you know? Well, the, the biggest yeah, thing. My, my, my brother dropped that on me this week, and I was just like, What do you mean you don't like the Beatles? My brother, my brother is a phenomenal guitarist. He lives in Melbourne. Hey, Raoul, just in case you're listening, up until this point, which we're like an hour or something into the <laughs> thing. Down under, is he? You got to mention Raoul, Raoul in Melbourne. Anyway, phenomenal guitarist. But he breaks it to me because uh, I've been I've been trying to get in, back into it a little, little more through the pandemic and everything. And, and so, okay, okay, let's start with the Beatles. I've been working on this project. Let me try and, and I said, oh, I can't stand the Beatles. I was, like, I was like, what? How is how is this even possible? How is it? How do we grow up in the same household and you have that kind of a strong view? But but it is a view. There are people out there who don't. Well, I, I think something that people love, there's gonna be people that hate it just out of principle. That's I think that's where I was as a kid, right? I didn't want to yeah. I didn't want anybody to tell me what was important. So I didn't like it without having made any you know, you know but I had fucking heard I I knew the, the melody to Hey Jude, I'd sung it in my head a million fucking times. I, it didn't matter to me that it was valid. I was just arguing the point because other people liked it. Right? So, right. Some mm -hmm. people just like to be yeah. contrarian. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Well, That's me, clearly. I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also think that the, the Beatles is this kind of band that, it, again, it's easy to ignore. And then sometimes, even 20 years down the road, you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, like for me, they were there, you know, growing up. But I really never paid much attention to it. I remember having my parents had a tape of, uh, was it uh, Beatles for, for Sale? And... Again, it was very easy to disregard because it was one. It was from the parents, so whatever your parents listen to, you're not gonna listen to. Absolutely. And fuck stealing. You know, but, yeah. <laughs> I also have that but argument. Then, right, but then We've it was like yeah. about about like twenty, about like 2009 to, to 2010 when they re-released the stereo mixes, mm. like fully re, like the, the entire catalog redone, and that's why I got into it. Like 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 more like knowing what I knew in in 2010, and it's just like. It was like a brand new world for me. Yeah. With that, why don't we pivot to like the, the technical aspects of that record? Because most people don't really understand what was yeah. happening. 
So, like, if you look, you guys can't see this, but right here. I'm so excited. <laughs> right, right over here. There's a yeah. bunch of there's a bunch of bullshit, but more importantly, there's 16 channels of IO. And if you know what that means, those guys would have murdered uh, you uh, for. Uh, uh, Stop ruining shit before I get to the fucking punchline. That's my job yeah. here. So we have I I Hi guys. in this room I can record sixteen things simultaneously. Right, that's the maximum I could take through. That entire record was done with not one but two but three but four channels. So everything right. it's like a it's a it's a master class in submixing. It's a master class in like awareness of what you're recording and like thoughtfulness for parts and like. To stuff that much fucking yeah. sound into four channels now, is insane. Yeah. Well, to to explain well, to the layperson, it it's submixes means that they there's more than four tracks on there. They had to squeeze all the shit they did into four tracks, which means they recorded right. stereo drums and squeeze yeah right, squeeze them down into mm -hmm. one side and blah 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 blah. Right. But, so yeah, you know. the, the the technical well, thing is so that at that point, tape machines only had four track heads, so you basically had to stuff all these channels into these four tracks. And that's the only way to do it. Now it's literally infinite. Like you could have like a hundred thousand channels of IO and probably have a computer. That Pro could Tools do it, was like, limited at wow. 128 for a while, right? And it's not anymore. I, I hit that limit a couple times, and I was like, I should just stop playing You're cards. So yeah. fucking yeah, stop my seven it. Years, my seven-year-old's doing some badass stuff on GarageBand. I just let you know. Well, <laughs> but here, here's a here's a kicker. So you you have the four you have the four track that gets basically you know. Copied and recopied and recopied in order to basically create all these tracks, you yep. know, to fit yeah. all these tracks into it. But not only, only that, like the, these bastards, they they play with, they did very speed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know, fast tape, low, you know. It, yeah, it, try it, to it, play it, along with any of those songs. You can't, using, <laughs> right? You know, using real mathematical calculations on how to you know get to things to lined up. Then um, is he a hobbit? No. Where's he going? <laughs> <laughs> no metronome, you know there were right. no click yeah. tracks, no right. drums or anything like that. So it's just like so. Think of like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It starts at one speed and finishes at a completely different. Or speed. Strawberry yeah. Fields is a half, a quarter step off from the beginning yeah. to the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude. Even it's a, yeah, it's exactly yeah. Like the the way the way Lennon sounds like he's on helium is because it's like his it's sped vocal up. track got sped up. Yeah. But he has to also match the rest of the stupid track. It's just like. Or, or the the harpsichord harpsichord ish solo on in my life mm -hmm. is piano popsicle. Sorry, <laughs> it's piano at, at double speed, right? Like all that shit. Right. Like, I, I, we 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 figure all that stuff out as we go and and realize how how hard they were working to be creative with the tools that right. they had, and then we all need to feel a shit ton of shame because it's we, it's just handed to us now. You can fucking you can make a reverse track by recording it and hitting a fucking button, right? But you like, don't have to cut tape with a a, a, a razor blade and flip it around. The difference is like like I, I equate it to like almost the COVID situation now. It's like if you're gonna do it, you're right. gonna do it. Doesn't matter what the tools are. That's true. Well, that's, that's the that's common true. denominator, right? They yeah, right. had the time. They had the time to do it, and we have the time to do it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, that's yeah. why this idea of redoing that record when you have limitations feels so valid to me. That's fucking rad. Man. Yeah, that's cool. I, I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah, it's it's that limitation that the, yeah we can't which, go anywhere. We're all stuck that, at home. But yep. that sparks creativity in it because it forces you to do something different. Like all of oh, us, all of us that were working as players, woke up, looked at our calendar for that week showed up knowing the tunes we needed to know and got paid, right? Yep. And now none of that exists. So it's what do you do with that weight of desire? You have to be creative with it now. And like I mean even if what we pump out is total bullshit, it's something we would not have done 
a year ago. Which I don't know if that's good or bad, but it feels valid to me. I don't. It's yeah. I, I, think I, I, I personally would have easily waited another year to start messing around with Logic Pro, for instance. Right, yeah. right, right. Or never. Fuck. Who knows if you would have? Or, or, right. Yeah, right? Yeah. Or never. Yeah. Also, that's exactly that. You know, Pro Tools is better. You could just go with that. Oh, just, like everything man. will just be better in your life. You know? <laughs> Meh. All those weird <laughs> venues and gray colors. I don't know. It's weird. It's also like like. You know, creative people are gonna like you're gonna fill the void, right? Like, like all of us that want need to make stuff. That's what she said. Oh, that's always what she says. Um, you guys didn't hear that, but it was really sexy. Um, creative people, like, like I, I, there's a perpetual hole in front of me, and if I'm not constantly filling it, like my Still. life is not worthful, like worth a shit, right? So, like, yeah. endless like jokes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. But even like, insert. Well, yeah, yeah. Even this podcast is a result of like that void needing to be filled. Like like gigs are gone, creativity is. Are we gonna make more vagina jokes? We're we just gonna like leave it alone. Do you just let it happen? I'm just here for it. So Matt's butthole <laughs> is in front of me and open always, and I'm just constantly throwing beer cans down it just to see what comes back out. <laughs> you don't know anything about my butthole, and don't pretend like you do. I wonder what's inside your butthole. <laughs> Let him in, but, Matt. Yeah. Sing, him it, in. sing it like Liam Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. Sing it like Liam. Like, like Liam Gallagher. Uh, he hasn't earned that, nipple. Josh. How many special bottles change? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing well, about you, this is uh, good. How many cocks you've sucked a strange? <laughs> he's really, right. he's very excited right now. Ten points for me. Yeah. Right? I'm give it for, for, a proper, for a proper Gallagher in, 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 uh, impersonation, you got to no, I'm in. Like every bloody time. <laughs> that was the Chilean. You know what I mean, mate. No, no, I mean, no, I mean. Uh, every time he, 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 that that man just can't talk. That's fair. Anyway. Yeah, I want to get drunk Liam and punch my brother George now. Liam calling George Harrison a nipple. Liam calling George Harrison a nipple on MTV back in like the '90s was one of the funniest things. You know, and the the enunciation nipple like that right. shit was like you got to be a f- motherfucker to pull that off and like Can, get away with it. <laughs> Everybody other than BJ, can you be a? Can you imagine be being that like into yourself to, <laughs> to make a statement like that? To insult a Beatle? <laughs> to insult George Harrison, BJ. the fucking coolest of the Beatles. Like he was definitely the coolest. Yeah. BJ, can hey, you imagine right. that? Oh, can I? No, <laughs> clearly you can't. That you and my. I, I watched the video the other way, other day. Speaking of George Harrison, has anyone seen George Harrison's son? The dude is yeah. a clone. He's like a is clone. He look yeah, just yeah. like George him. Harrison. Yeah, Danny looks exactly the same. That's wild. That was my bad. Genetics. Just throwing that out there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kat, you're up. Thank you very much. Because someone said genetics, now it's like, maybe not. That was a pivot. Clone. That was a hard pivot. <laughs> no. All right, all right, all right. All right, cool. So what was your, like, of, of all the tunes that came through in that thing, what, what was your... F- can we talk about, like, the... We can't talk about... It. It's not released yet, so we can't really get into it. It will, will be, it'll be by next by Tuesday. The time this yeah. Is out. yeah. Yeah, by the time yeah. this is out, it'll be out. It comes out on the 28th of January. January? Oh. You were a... Yes, yes. <laughs> you fell victim, Josh. Five regional accents so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know, then, like, what was, that like... was Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like, I've never met anyone from Bradford. Where's the Titanic from? Tell me, tell me. I'd like to point out that your drink has made it into camera now. I feel like that's what important. Drink? <laughs> <laughs> no, it I'm was not, funny. I'm not remotely trashed. Th- this is a dry <laughs> podcast, Matt. What are you talking yeah. about? 
Have a good night. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, show myself. Do the rest of this Out. heroin then. <laughs> That's technically sorry, not sorry. wet. In, in England, the pubs close at 11, so we kind of speed things up. I, I'll notice the Americans uh, are taking it a lot slower. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I can't even Should we get some shots out for you guys? Because it seems to be going really slow over there. <laughs> so, Matt's already poured a gallon. I, I appreciate that you don't know that I've drank half a bottle of tequila at this point. Matt is our resident uh, vacuum cleaner of fucking booze. <laughs> You can call Resident me a drunk. Professional. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. In in the South, we don't have drunks. It's just normal people. He, he's <laughs> like a sub pump for vodka. <laughs> also, I'm a bass player. Like I'm all I'm. I got it all covered. It's naturally covered. Yeah. So Avik and I had our, our first. We we've we've been peripherally like aware of each other for a what long. What was that word? Peripherally. You put a B in it. <laughs> this is a tequila drink, and it's delicious. You made it, so it's fine. It's not a zombie though. Um, and our first time talking was earlier at like six o'clock today. This is, uh, what time is it now? I don't know. Later. Later in the day. Anyway, so we're talking and I was like, <laughs> man. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. I don't know, Raul. Have you been listening this long, Raul? <laughs> no, no. Just saying, I am your brother. You should listen to everything I do. What time is it? And we're going through stuff and I was like, man, you know, just, just have a couple of drinks beforehand. And then I realized he's fucking British. And it's like, oh, Christ. <laughs> you motherfuckers. The, fu- the, fu- the best fucking show ever, man. Dude, every time, I, every time I, we, my old band used to do military tours, which we talked about extensively. But every single bass that had British people first on it. First time I've heard of this. Oh, yeah. No. What is this thing? Same here. But this is the first time for this. Every every single base that had British people on it, they were like, "Do not drink with the British." That is the only rule of this base. You are oh, not man. allowed to what, drink that's, with that's the British. That's just harsh. That's just harsh. It's border. It's borderline racist. <laughs> I mean, I've always had fun drinking with British people. I, I was going to say the same fucking thing. Yeah, but if the military tells you not to, that means something went wrong at some I, point. I was going to say, wasn't there some like thing where they had to like reduce the thickness of bottles in England because they're so many bar fights and injuries well, out of that. Uh, well, I will say that... I believe that, that was toothpaste, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of I technique do... to sell toothpaste more, like I, make I, a hole I, bigger. I, I will yeah, say that I do Proctor think... And Gamble. So part of, part of the problem with me is my Irish background, so that's at least regional at that point. I do think that's true. Let's hear the regional Irish. Come on, you've thrown it out there now. We need to get to number six after Bradford. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you have? Like, give me that accent. I don't have... I'm just Southern at Which this point. Which one? Which one? I, my last yeah, name was O'Day until it was Day. Uh, you know Where would O'Day? I don't know. I've got to think about George. Um, you know, whatever George McFly's ancestor was. Back to the future three. Give I me a moment. I'll be I, right back. I'll be I, right back with an Irish I, accent. I understand that I'm pasty, but you don't have to be cruel, man. Come on. <laughs> McFly. McFly. <laughs> <laughs> The name's okay. McFloy. <laughs> okay, that was. I'm pretty that was, sure that's what he said. That was good. Michael Man. J. Fox was so good in that movie. Oh, he was very fucking good in that movie. Yeah. And he had t- sex with his mom, or he made out with his mom. He what? He yeah, did. He, did. he yeah. made out. Fly. That was it. That's all I did. I bought George McFly. You to the served equation. it up. You brought it right there. Have you guys ever ever heard a Scotsman talk to a Scotsman? That's the least. Like, I've never heard a conversation happen in front of me in the English language that I didn't know any of the words. I was like... Oh. Central you... Australia is a little bit like that, too. Ah. Like, I've my buddy Terry is like a... What sort of things do they say in Australia that you don't understand? Yes. Down under, love. <laughs> I'm just, I'm Put just another wondering. shrimp on the bobby. No, the the right, first time I went there, we were the much more inland. And, like, I was like, I know you're speaking English, but I cannot get through the accent. Like, it was intense. Yeah. I was like, okay, here's some money. Bye. <laughs> Here's a wallaby. <laughs> Have a good day. Yeah. That was terrible. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right, so back to the good stuff. 
Th- thanks, Dr. Cat. You just totally killed the conversation. <laughs> Australia is a wonderful country. My brother lives there. and uh, it is I almost moved into New Zealand actually. just there. It's slightly different. It's like it's it's a, quite it's different. Different event. Maybe a different the way they country. Say, the way they say six, I think, is, is slightly different. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> it's just full of hobbits. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair though, right? Anyway, back to back from Middle Earth. Wait, 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 wait. Speaking of hobbits. You are a hobbit. You're gonna ask wait, about the no, staircase. No, no, no. You're gonna just, ask about the staircase. Just, just let it let it be awkward for a second. Should we tell him? Kardashian talk? I mean, I don't care. Someone was oh. in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, no, no. I know I know where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah. So Kat had a car at one point in her life that was decorated. It was. Well, I think it was an art car. I think yeah, it was an art car. It was an yeah. art car, completely airbrushed in Lord of the Rings. Oh. Like the whole, <laughs> yeah, oh. the whole thing. The whole thing. The entire circumference of the car was characters of Lords of the Rings. Lord yes. of the Rings. What? Wild. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, what? Did you, did, you, did you take the Hobbit to Isengard? <laughs> <laughs> With that car, I did. <laughs> Yeah. It would have, would have cat like just showed up and ruined the story and just drove him to Mordor. Like, <laughs> you guys just get in; it's way faster. Like we got cars what, now. Like what happened to that car? Get an Uber to Mordor. <laughs> pretty much died. Like it, it died. was. I drove it into the ground and then sold it to a dealership. Five Although stars I did for you, see Gandalf. It, on the, it was on the road somewhere a few years ago. I heard that and it was good. But yeah. Yeah, that was. I mean, as somebody who studied wow. art, it technically was like pretty kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. So back to business. Of, of the performances you saw, what like what was something that stood out the most? Like what not not necessarily. Well, the, the record will be out. So, what was your favorite point in the whole thing? Like, what was the the best culmination or weirdest set of circumstances or like, just what was your what was the like the 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 point in that massive undertaking that was the coolest part for you? Like, um. I can go first. I think when we began to get um, the first video drafts, it's like one of those moments that like, this is getting real. Um, So when we we began to get the mixes from the other bands as well, their work, and then Avik would turn it around. It's like, okay, or, or, um, uh, or Chris would do. And then we would see a draft of the video, and, and, and again, that was a that was a great moment. Uh, I think one of the very first ones that we got was, if I'm not wrong, I think. And well, it was, you it was yours. It was it was your own one, Sergeant Pepper. Well, was it? Wow. But, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, we, I did. We got, I did the first two in order, Sergeant Pepper, you and, did. Then, and then you got um, with a little help from my friends. But then we got a fixing fixing a hole, and which was the one from from Mike Jones and Creaky Bones. And like seeing that, hearing that, <laughs> it was one of those moments. It's just like, oh crap! Like, like, we, like, why didn't we record after receiving this kind of thing? It's just like we could have done so much, but, but it, it like everybody just like did so so great. So, and it, basically just seeing that is like seeing seeing the product from the other bands, and then how some of them flip the the the, the tombs themselves onto onto the heads. And like, and they basically owned up to them, like, like Nah and the guys from uh, uh, Color Palette as well. It's just like they went full electronica with them, and and they just freaking work. I in, in a way, I think it's just like the album ended up working out specifically for this as well because it was it was a perfectly fine for the bands to take their um, creative freedom with them, and and the songs did not suffer from that. 
um, and and I think because it's a concept album as well, and each song sounds completely different from from the other one too. It just simply works. So that was a great feeling. That's awesome. Avic, what was your like? What was the spot where you were like? Either I mean, you know, you know, you're 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 doing a massive project, right? You're in the middle of it, like, and you finally like see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, what was that moment like, or like, what was the the thing that came through? Where you're like, fuck yeah, it's gonna happen. I, I don't know, man. It's it's like the whole thing from start to finish has just been one of the most incredible things that I think I've ever been involved in ever. I mean, it's like everything about this project is just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Just the moment in which it's happened, the album that's been chosen. You know, getting to know Josh and Enzo really well in terms of doing this whole thing. All you know, seeing the videos, seeing all the music come together, working with all these artists. I mean, the whole thing for me, I, I couldn't pick one moment where I go, okay, that thing for me was the moment. Ah, oh, that was my favorite moment. There's a couple of things I think in terms of the, that you learn while doing this is how do you overcome challenges like so, like when bands drop out or things don't work. And for me, you know, I mentioned him earlier in the um, in the in the interview today but john tyler wiley when when those guys stepped in and you talked about this whole idea of about you know oh but the beatles had an orchestra these guys you know took she's leaving home and laid down 46 tracks in that you know you talked about the you know earlier in terms of (laughs) wiley Wiley would do that though and it's just just stop the middle name just john wiley just he's that sounds too important john tyler wiley i'm gonna say it john tyler wiley john tyler wiley i'll even say the original accent for you (laughs) seven Got three more to go. How, long, how much longer have we got to run? I've got three more to get out. Anyway. We aren't anyway, stopping uh, until you get to the Yeah. yeah. No, and basically, these guys managed to recreate an orchestra with a with a five-piece band. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. These guys are just incredible, incredible musicians. And I just thought, you know, for me, and the fact that they stepped in at the last minute and just did this, I was just like, yeah, that's that's super cool. And they did, and they, and on top of that, they did a very complicated song, which is um, "She's Leaving Home." So it's it's a tune that I never wanted to touch with a ten foot pole. Josh and I were yeah, like, going in. We knew there were a few songs we didn't want to yeah. take. Oh, dude, totally. And that was definitely one of them. When I got mine, I was like, "That's easy, good to go." <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then JTW would come back with like, yeah, we did all these tracks. You shortened into JTW, John Tyler Wiley, let's say. It's, say his John name in Tyler full. Wiley. Well, then say it, Jonathan Tyler Wiley, the Jonathan fourth. Jonathan Tyler Wiley, there we go. Of Brimshire. And his Virginia choir. It's a, it's a really, it's yeah. a real mouthful in terms of the name of the band. But yeah, it's, it's great. like Peter Ginsburg. And <laughs> <laughs> I know. She quit judging. Anyhow, so... Well played. Oh, Christ. That was good. Uh, Yeah. And, but but then he also said, it's like, oh, yeah, we did, like, 40-plus tracks. (laughs) And then the best part is like... He's like, but don't worry, I'm not going to send 46 separate videos. I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> but Enzo said the best line to me. Then he goes, he goes, we got it. And we've got this text group between the three of us. And, and uh, John said, he goes, yeah, I've got 46. There's 46 tracks on this thing. And Enzo goes to me, no, or twice he goes, there's not Bohemian Rhapsody does <laughs> tracks on it. And I was like, I know, this is going to be an amazing album. This is going to be an amazing video. I would like to point out that Queen had 16 tracks to work with, so fuck those guys. Yeah, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, Never mind. Amateurs. Going back here. Sorry. Yeah. 
interestingly, on that on that song on Bohemian Rhapsody, and we'll move on, uh, you know, by rules of the of, of the um, you know the quorum. The, <laughs> <laughs> what? The first, <laughs> the first um, basically, the, the piano was the first thing they recorded. Right. So piano, yeah, yeah. Then and then vocals, and again, no click track. And it was all, um, it was all Freddie. Right. It was based that's, on Freddie's interpretation of the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that's a, that's a ridiculous that like, even, even, even if he had have 24 you, tracks, I, I still would have been like, wow. I'm about to ask you a nerdy ass question. Yeah. Have you ever checked out the, um, individual multi-tracks to that? They're floating around on the internet. Um, get out. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure they are. Yeah, and you yeah, can, I'm you sure can, you can grab them and, and then like remix fucking a night at the opera or whatever for yourself like because you know that's what oh people that's God. what normal totally, people yeah, do totally in their spare time with you after this i'm so it. sorry are, are you admitting something to us matt <laughs> i'm admitting i don't have friends i don't know what's happening right now but you just got a new one don't worry it's uh, right. yeah. and it's obviously very cool so look. you make me feel so matt, very you just made your first friend yeah validation Aww. there you go that's happened here tonight. He's got seven different accents. Uh, uh, yeah, right. and I only does that mean you, you have seven different friends now? He might have just been putting it on the whole night. Well, my accent <laughs> makes people think I don't have friends, so that's perfect. I love it. But um, so if you go back and check out those multi tracks, which I've already proven that I have, um, yeah. there there's this this really great element to that where there'll be like um, a track that has like. Part of a a background vocal, and then like three notes of a bass part, and then like a triangle or some shit. The the creativity built into that is pretty incredible, right? And 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 when you think about the fact that they built that from the ground up with that piano part, I, I, I think mm-hmm. what we should be, we should all ask each other right now in this moment, like be that creative, like do that. Oh yeah, make yourself think that way because that that's what like we're so fucking spoiled as, as artists right now. We can we can fucking vomit an idea out and then like add an orchestra to it with like six MIDI tracks. Like we don't have to work for it. And it loses completely. Part of disagree, soul. by the way. Uh, like, well, like, obviously, the, like we have all these tools, but the, the the quality of things that are coming out of them is still the same. Oh, I didn't mean that. I, I meant the the. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, fuck off. Um, <laughs> Way to take it personally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The yeah. The, the idea Let's is make n- it about BJ. Uh, well, that's well, what that's <laughs> what this podcast is for. Come on, that's what I learned today. That's what I learned. If I've learned anything, to be pushed to be that. creative due to limitations is is. A gift I well there's there's mm-hmm. actually really studies is. about this with like creativity and that parameters usually encourage creativity yeah yeah, yeah. um the blank oh, canvas yeah. is like it just pushes debilitating you to re- <laughs> it, it, it pushes you to rely on on, on what you're comfortable comfortable right with. it's right. a default mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. like pr- parameters push you to like look beyond what you know yeah and well it, it is yeah i'm sorry no, no. Well, I was going to say, take what you know and make it create, make it achieve more. Well, I think, I think that right. you know, the, the thought about being creative, like I, I'm a visual artist, a you know, furniture craftsman, whatever, um, sculptor, sculptor, <laughs> as you'll find out in our next deep dive. Um, but can uh, we all pose for you? <laughs> you no, can Matt. be one of his French girls. Yeah, no, bust must paint me like one of your no, sculpt me like one of your French girls. I don't even know Doesn't what that means. The same. My, my well, she's not technically my wife, but you know she has friends, right? <laughs> um, wow, I got that got weird. Now. That got weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so oh yeah, I was gonna to say something about the responsibility yes. of the artist is like we 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 
we use the term creativity. I think it's more like it's not the product, but it's setting up the parameters. That's the creative act. Mm-hmm. Is like how without being forced to have those parameters, how do you still construct parameters around the thing you're trying to do so right. you don't just default on well, the like obvious or yeah. comfortable like you know right. thing you're going to do. I think there's yeah, there there is that 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 factor that I, I think it's it's just like again having some form of you know a, a paradigm being there or the parameters being there. I think it's just how these creative people, because I, I don't consider myself a creative person at all, but I, I, and I, I do. put I, a bullshit out there. I, yeah, I, I got to <laughs> yeah, argue. I, I, I don't know you. I don't know you at all, and I already have to argue with that. DC's best rock band. I'm not <laughs> fucking creative oh, We've yet. won okay. 47 whammies sure, already. Sure, sure. Yeah, we've got four whammies. Well, <laughs> sure, Enzo. Well, anyway. We only have three whammies, my, okay? Let's my, oh, sorry. Exaggerated. Anyway, I'm not creative. Enzo, back to Also, they're whammies. Three whammies, one trophy. But I think the, the, I just don't. I just don't like don't compare myself to like again the standard of perhaps you know Freddie. But I think there is guys like um, like like Eddie Van Halen, where or, or even Lester Paul. They they didn't have the, the the instruments that they needed to basically advance their own idea or concept, whatever they had in their head. So they had to invent it because it just right. simply didn't exist. And it's, it's, it's how I it's how I feel, Enzo. I feel there's a guitar that hasn't been invented that makes me sound as as good as I need to be. <laughs> well, no, but I love. I, the, I feel the exi- the instrument doesn't exist yet. That's well, I basically love, where I'm at. I love that you brought up Les Paul, though. Like that's the that's the antithesis for multi track recording, right? Like pushing right. that in that direction. Like that's that's brilliant. Yeah. Man. Like that is, and 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 a lot of people at the time felt like that was cheating. Like to be able to play and then play mm-hmm. again was not like you can't do that in the real world so that doesn't count right but what he wanted to was was to achieve a vision and the only way to achieve that vision was to recreate exactly what he wanted which was what he could do multiple times well yeah yeah exactly and and not just that he he did he pulled a double whammy one is exactly that the the multi-track you got two whammies (laughs) he only had two double whammy ball one less one less not like black dog prowl (laughs) you can't put a whammy on a less paul that's ridiculous no two two whammies on your less paul it's fine that's me bigsby but but basically also the basically the, the the concept of putting this block of wood in order to kill feedback out of these right. uh, fully hollowed guitar, and that and that's it. It's just like it just went forward from then on. Well, and 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 that was 1955. Well, and the, the multi-track thing, that the was 1955, yeah. and, and that's like fucking think about how yeah. primitive we all thought music was at that point. Like, like it, that's amazing to me, man. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm, I relinquish my nerdism right now. I'll, <laughs> sorry about that. So my favorite part of this project. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, we need to know, Josh. We, oh, no yeah. one even asked Josh. Yeah, I'm no, so sorry, Josh. It's oh, like that's on purpose. Enzo totally took over the mic. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I apologize bet. for Enzo. No, go, I was go, just gonna, go, Josh. Like, all you. Really? Yeah, for real though. For real. For real. For real. Um, oh, wow. No, the most satisfying thing was like at, at the when we initially started reaching out. I joked earlier, but like really, everyone we reached out to initially with a few exceptions was like all in they were just like this is insane we're down um we obviously ran into some difficulties uh and like had to make some call some audibles and all that but like having people excited about it and then like enzo said seeing what the the products were when they were coming in um was just awesome and then that feeling of oh we chose this song for this band 
and they nailed it. They fucking knocked it out of the fucking park. And it's not only gratifying to like hear it, but like we feel good about ourselves. Like BJ, you know what I mean? Like you have <laughs> this idea, but then you find a way to make it about yourself and just be really like gratified. Uh, and like so <laughs> Yeah. The, the other part, like, I was being quiet for like 10 I only minutes. I met BJ <laughs> tonight and I haven't even met him in person. I'm laughing. I'm so sorry, BJ. I'm a nice guy. I'm not. not don't apologize. Don't, he's don't, not, don't he's fucking not. apologize to him. I surround just, myself with sorry, fucking cunts. I'm sure you can appreciate it. Just like a guest on a show. <laughs> no, but like, I, I've met, mentioned this in other, other conversations, but um, Mystery Friends did a, did a version of. Also, uh, why did all the DC bands have cool fucking band names? Like, they're the, every band you've said is like DC, the new baby. coolest band name I've DC, heard. baby. DC's better than Baltimore. I don't know what you want. No, you're uh, busy all stabbing each other with fucking knives to get gigs down there. That's what your problem like is. It was like 1997, man. We've That's moved right. on. Yeah. It creates. You haven't creates, been to DC in a while, have you, man? <laughs> I fucking. I got stabbed man. last time I was there. I don't know what to say. But so, so Mystery Friends did uh, a version of It's Getting Better, right? So, um, and I've mentioned this before, and you got the singer admit. Abby, the, right. So the singer Abby made a decision. There's a song, there's a lyric in the song, and I'm probably gonna butcher it when I try to say it because I've been drinking, but uh, I used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her, I kept her apart from the things that she loved. I think is vaguely what the, the, the lyric <coughs> That's the lyric, yeah. yeah. Right, so she cut out the, the beat her line. Right. And like just went straight into, kept her apart from the things that she loved. And it's a subtle little change, subtle little thing. First of all, the fucking balls on on her to change, change a Beatles a line, Beatles lyric. right? But to do it in such a small way, Tasteful and it's way. such a powerful decision, such a powerful decision to like take that aspect out of it, because that's a controversial line. It like if even if it were a John line, it would might be less controversial. But that was a Paul line, right? I'm pretty sure. And, it doesn't even matter. Not, Think about the fact that that's... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right, that's a protagonist like, that we're supposed to identify with that beat right. their fucking partner. So, like, right. that's huge. Yeah, right. and I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. And, and I mean, that's exactly right. Love those Beatles. And, and, <laughs> but, I mean, apart that's from the beside wife, the point. Wife beating, yes. Apart from <laughs> right. the wife right. beating. We love that's the Beatles. Not, that's yeah. not the beating in, that's referred to in the Beatles. That's not oh, the she hit, uh, hit a drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I got dark. But the point the point is is like for her to take that on and 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 just make that like make that decision without any kind of like hesitation or prompting or any of that type of stuff and just to see it come out and like if you didn't know the line you wouldn't have recognized it but being right. someone who's listened to the Beatles like right. since I was like 2 years old <laughs> and like that instantly stuck out I was like that's fucking awesome it's, and then it's yeah. similarly to like Enzo mentioned fixing a hole like that was one of the songs I kind of wanted to keep for us but like against against that uh that thought we gave it gave it to uh Creaky Bones and like oh. just just the intro alone with like the, the, the harpsichord, harpsichord. Yeah. oh man yeah. so good. it's just like fucking nailed it yeah. so just seeing the bands bring these songs like to life in, <laughs> in, in a new way it was yeah. really cool, and it was like it was like kind of like that confirmation bias, you know, that that you got when you had a drunk friend and you told him it's like I told you that guy was a fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey know? man, hey man, I'm just I'm just here having fun. That's it. 
That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. It's just a, oh, it's a quiet takeover dream. of a Capitol building. It's fine. Everything's or, fine. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. A couple, of, couple right. of dudes just got a bit jacked up. Right. Whatever. Right. So, told, you, told you he was a con man. Told you the guy was not worth your time. Whatever. But it was like the kind I of like... I love that we made very, it. We got there. Very to nice Trump. confirmation bias that when we got this product from these bands, uh, Josh and I had the kind of... That feeling was like we gave the tunes to the right bands. And that... It's a nice feeling. So that was such a weird fucking analogy, <laughs> right? I, well, I, welcome to Enzo. I mean, <laughs> but I, I would like to say that um, I'd like to point out the point out the fact that I haven't heard any of this, but talking about it is really exciting, almost as if I'm hearing it for the first time, which I think has a lot Thank of you. value, right? Like, I, I, not not that I'm not I'm not trying to lend validity to the idea or argue any of that. It's just I want to say that I'm excited about it, which I think is similar to the way it would feel to listen to it for the first time. So in this moment, like I, like that's a realizing of the idea, right? Like it, to me it is now granted, I, I don't know if I'm your target audience, 42 year old music nerds. <laughs> well, Maybe I'm definitely your you're target exactly audience. The target yeah, exactly. There is no, you, you like, are us. You yeah. Are us. Turns this out is a we general, you were the given audience. We are. Very much so. <laughs> It's for everybody. That's the whole thing. It's like that. That like fuck it, Josh. We made it for us. <laughs> yeah, right. right. We didn't make it for anybody else. That's we the important part. That that's is the important right, part. Yeah. We didn't make this for anyone else. Let's be no. honest here. That's we made the important this because part. Because we wanted to do it for us. Goddamn right. That's, it, that's definitely true. But like the idea is to to have this joy. Create no, this don't joy. walk it back. Don't walk it back. I'm not walking let's it back. Make, let's make. Let's right. Let's turn Let's turn it into marketing speak. Who's our target audience? No. No one. BJ, we just did it. it. We, we did this because we love. This Already shit. Can, can I? Can I ask in general? Like, we what? Shit. We yeah. did it. We did yeah, this for people yeah, late thirties, early forties, who yeah. who just fucking like good music. That's it. Yeah. Josh never said like I was like, oh, I'm a good Bernie person, so it's for the proletariat. <laughs> <laughs> None of no, that. But no. But this this brings me to something Avik's been talking about is is his kids maybe yes. weren't really into the Beatles all that much before this, like maybe generally aware right and you said they've been like going around singing songs that they've been listening to but lovely Rita but singing, I mean but singing the black dog proud versions of the songs, <laughs> which I think is pretty cool that my kids who are like nine and seven I'm gonna throw I'm gonna mention every member of my family oh, are, are, are you gonna are you gonna do L their accents you too pause you are the coolest you kids best you have Please. a nine and a seven you have a nine i have and a seven. nine and a seven I and also, i'm just gonna ask my kids to ignore the f-bombs that i did earlier oh. during this <laughs> they call me out constantly on my f-bombs yeah matt also has a nine and a seven. nine and a seven oh you do yeah. uh cool yeah but i uh, you know these i mean they're super cool kids it's like i was i was, I was like you're Matt. <laughs> Should we put it? We, we'll pit our kids against each other. Let's I'll do that. Pit my kids against your kids any day on a corner. They're weird I'm southern sorry. boys. They're gonna oh, eat your kids alive. My no kid is gonna way, fuck your man. kids up. Actually, my daughter drops like Fugazi lines. In <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Right is your is your daughter the nine year old? Is your is your daughter the nine year old? No, my daughter's seven. Oh damn it! It if, doesn't matter because his daughter's dropping fucking Fugazi. No, line. what I'm saying is, my, <laughs> she was she was putting. We together have a winner, a clearly. <laughs> She's my, putting together a track on on, on GarageBand, right? So, I'm just so saying, learning GarageBand. My nine year old son would be best friends with your nine year old daughter if that's what you uh, have. Like that's where he's at. But, <laughs> no, I know, yeah. I know. All right, so you know how I'm, I'm I'm kind of a thing, right? You guys are all like making fun of my whole shit. My kid the other day was like, "Yeah, Dad, I'm fucking funny," and he's four years old. <laughs> Oh man, and he's saying fucking that's big surprise. Also, confidence. Yeah. And that's weird. He used it with correct, like correct context. It was fucking amazing. So, 
No, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, go ahead. Go ahead with uh, where, where you were headed with that. The Fugazi stuff. I, I yes. have to share this just to share how cool Shut my studio daughter is. So, so they've been learning GarageBand. They learn to sort of like, do layers and all this sort of thing. And they and, and I've set them this. Well, it's a project. It's a family. It's a family pan, pandemic project. Is that they're going to put an album out. My kids are going to put an album out, right? Um, and so they're experimenting with stuff. They play piano, so they're starting to get to understand music a little bit. But they're they're, um, they're doing this thing. My daughter does a rock song, and and she's putting it. It's called Shadows. She's putting it together, da, 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 and it, and it stops, and then it. And it comes back in, and I'm like, I'm like, "Oh right, why did you do that?" And she's like, "She goes, it's like Fugazi." Yeah! Oh, that's fucking awesome. I was, like, I was like, "If I didn't love you more than everything in the entire world right now, I love you even more. I love you even more." My my seven year old daughter just dropped in a Fugazi reference into a, into her first garage. She's more than the way her first man. album. More importantly, wow. she wrote in a beat drop. That's badass. Like, no, no, oh, no, no. no. More importantly, she referenced Fugazi for the reason to do it. That's fucking oh. punk rock. Yeah, <laughs> at, no, at, at well, she lives in DC, man. She lives in Ian, Ian seven. At seven. around the corner from me over here. Like, <laughs> That's baller. Oh, that's fucking awesome. You got to tell him, yeah. Yeah, like, the most exciting thing I've done is just I killed my money tree. So I failed at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up a point you guys got to a little while ago, and like the the point of creativity and like why you make a thing, and it it's it's it should be because you wanted to make a thing. That's what it should always be. You know, like creativity for like a purpose or trying to fill a void or trying to like market something, isn't creativity in my opinion. Like it's it's like a you're just jerking yourself off at that point like to, to make a thing like you have to want to make the thing and that's what like this project is really about is like there is no uh, but there's probably not any like monetary benefit to what you're doing you you made a thing for the sake of making there can't a thing be legally there's yeah, no yeah. none. Yeah. we, we yeah. might even get sued we don't know yet yeah but like the reason this 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 project exists uh, it, ugh, i'm fucking your tequila's kicking that? in now. What, what was, was that? that? Yeah, exists. But like, <laughs> let's the, hear that tequila talk, BJ. I, it's I it's coming through right, right and clear it's now. Coming through right now. I'm going to call the audience. Where are you? Right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah. Where are you on regional dialect at this point? I'm still on seven. I haven't Boo! managed to throw in Newcastle yet. I'm going to get Newcastle in next. You wait for it. I'll wait. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. Not right now. I'll wait longer. I too am waiting. Nope, you're still just bullshit. Yeah. You, you were talking about creativity. Yeah. Sorry, BJ, I threw you off with the whole regional thing, but you, think, were, you, were making I, a very, I, you were making a very valid point around why you why you do things. Well, why everyone does things, right? Like the point of making uh, a thing. Like things are made yeah. because you want to make a thing. That's the right reason to make a thing. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, I have to say for me, and, I, and we had a, a we, we've basically doing, been doing calls like this pretty much every <laughs> night for the last month, is, which is very sad. Oh, so basically... Own? Me, Josh, and Enzo, plus others on whichever night we decide to do things. We've been doing, yeah, with the rest of the guys and what have you who have been involved in the project. We've been, we've been doing this thing and we, we talk about it a lot. But I have to say, for me, this way, you know, I, 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 fall, I, I fell into that trap, BJ, in terms of, you know, you do something. <laughs> Not accepted. To, to, to kind of go, okay, I'm doing this because I want to, you know, with my YouTube, I want to cross this number of, of subscribers. I want to get this number of views. I want to do that. And there's an objective. And, it, and it's just like the, the way that my mind was kind of wired. And, and the thing that I think that has been beautiful about this project for me, and, and, and I think we touched on it earlier, right? When, what, what does the pandemic bring to you? Is that you do things just because you want to do them, right? And 
I just loved everything about this. I just loved doing it for whatever. If no one watches this, I'm not that bothered. And I've never been in a band, so I don't get the same kind of experience that you guys have had where you produce your album. It's not that cool, go, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure it is that cool, but it's just not been, it's not been marketed. <laughs> you know, you know, it is that cool. I think you guys are doing, writing music and, and making music because you want to do it and it gets out what you want to do and what you want to say. And And it's not about, you know, topping the billboard 100 or, or or topping the charts or whatever it's because you've created something which means something to you mm-hmm. and for me that i think that's what this has been for me i, I I've, I've made this series of videos with chris as well in terms of the, the the video part of it and for me it's just i just love that i just love that we've mm-hmm. put this thing together and i'm just i'm so proud of it no no one watches it i don't mind i don't mind and don't i'll say the word care what anyone else really thinks about it because that's the best perspective because I'm kind of like at that space with this project where I'm just like, it's so beautiful. The things that I've got, to, I mean, the the way I try to live life is, is about experiences. It's the experiences that you have and the shared experiences. So this shared experience with, for example, with Enzo and Josh, and now with you guys, you guys are part of this experience too. It's like, we've done this and we've got this forever. And I, and, and I just think that that's just, that that's just really cool. And I'm, I'm really happy to yeah. have done it. And, and for that reason alone, I'm just like, yeah, it was worth every second that i put into of energy that i put into thinking about this about doing it and you know spending time away from my family to do it in terms of running upstairs and avoiding doing kids homework and all that sort of stuff but let's put that to the side <laughs> don't let my wife hear that. but anyway but yeah i'm just really really happy to have done this and uh, and i think it was it was done for the pure reason that i just wanted to do it i, I man so you saying all that means so much because i feel like Anybody who who embarks on a creative journey has to make a has to make that decision at some point, right? You have to decide that that creative element is more important than monetary gain or you know approval sometimes of your your peers, your parents, whatever. You have to you have to create because that's more important than all of those other elements. And stating that is something I don't think. Um, it's it, it, it we don't do it enough in a way that is clear to so so as to inspire younger uh, artists or musicians or, or anything like like we the, everything seems to be built on this concept of uh, how how many YouTube subscribers can I get or Instagram followers or whatever and and we've lost or maybe it was always that way you know maybe it was can I get a band that gets a video on MTV or can I be on top 40 or whatever? It was always some element of that, but that, that idea that you're creating art just to fulfill this need to create is huge. And then appreciating that because it has value as adults who have fucking other real obligations that we have to somehow squeeze in while still honoring that idea of creating. I mean, that's fucking huge, right? That's how you translate to our, our seven and nine year olds that it's valuable to create. Well, like the biggest the biggest thing is like your kid, like I've like your 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 kids watched you run upstairs, right? They watched you leave oh, for the room. Sure, yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 they do- sit here with me, and they they're the first ones to see all the videos. Yeah, but that's the important thing. Like when my son comes here to the shop, it's like he watches things get made. He watches the process of creativity happen. He watches these things, these tangible things, these incredibly fucking important things that people don't value anymore for the sake of doing them just to do them. You know, it's like this, like I, we're in my shop right now. This part of the shop doesn't create revenue. This creates creativity. That's all it's here for. 
That's its sole but, purpose. But, but, but knowing very little what I knew about about you, BJ, creativity is a very big part of what you do in life, right? And 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 sorry to have cut you off, but it, it's it's really like for me, I find that is that I do these creative things like we've just done, mm. and it makes me so much better at everything else I do. And you know, people say you need to do Absolutely, sport yeah. to keep your mind clearer. I think you need a creative outlet as well to make you more efficient in life to give you something if you're able to get that out and you're able to do that and not deal with i don't know the bullshit of corporate politics or whatever else it is you're in a company or whatever Mm -hmm. if you're able to get out and do something like that it just makes you your mind clearer in terms of doing other things that makes you more effective and i i have been in my day job let's say so much more creative and so much better and so much more efficient at what i've been you know, required to do in that sphere because I'm doing something else outside that I, I just think mm-hmm. it's immeasurable. Oh man. It's like the, there's, there's a thing that comes with this sort of activity, right? Like, you know, your entire life is just like dopamine release. You're just like chasing happy feelings. And like, if you fulfill the part of your brain that has to make something and you, you apply it to something that you give a fuck about the rest of your life is so much more meaningful because you have a, a purpose somewhere else. Like you're just, your, your brain, like people these days don't really seem to, quantify the things we're all doing like the thing we have in common right this 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 endless desire to like make something or fulfill something or pursue something it's 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 so vital to the the human experience like to deny yourself that is like just fucking watch tv and smoke your bong and off you go like <laughs> but that's it so it's like yeah. why, why are you li- why are you living right that's the what's question. the point like, yeah. What, what, yeah what are you what are you living for what, what's your what are you well, doing things for? And we kind of touch on it. And it's, uh, it's like that whole, for me, it's certainly, it's about the experience. What are, the, what are those shared experiences that you have? You know, when, I, when I'm on my deathbed, which is hopefully not too, a long way away, you know, in a pandemic, you can never know. But it's just, <laughs> I hope that I'm sitting there thinking back and I'm flashing through my head and, and my heart is just filled with joy of all of these experiences that I've had in life. And this being one of them, I hope this is one of those mater- those memories that comes back to me. Go, oh, that was such an amazing, yeah. amazing part of my life in terms of what happened. Yeah. Well, with that being said, stay tuned for the Christmas version. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind by Nirvana. Sergeant Pepper's <laughs> Christmas fucking bad. Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're going to get all our money, all our money back. Yeah. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to end the shit out of this episode right now because we are heading How? nowhere. How are we going to do that? And then I'm just not going to stop recording and we're going to keep drinking and just see what happens. So, Oh, yeah. Can I take it? Can I take a pee break? You can take a pee break. But first, first. You've got, first, got, mate. All right, you've go got to stay for this part. Get get Christian, would you wrap it up for us, please? Thanks for being here, guys. Oh, oh yes. I'm trying to compose myself to do a British accent, but I don't think I can. Don't, do a British don't accent. do it. Don't do, do it. it. I can't. I can't. So work on it. Mentally work on it. I feel like at this point we you should got, probably... You've got this, mate. You've got this, mate. You've got, uh, you've you've got, got, you got can do to. it. Christian, oh, if I can do it, you can do it. Good night, motherfuckers. Hello, dear listener. Don't forget to rate this podcast and review the show on your platform of choice. And I guess follow them on social medias. The handle's Med for Dead on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell a stranger. They'll know what you're talking about. They love reading 